Welcome, listeners, to a fast-moving, soul-searching, abundant now broadcast. My name is Marion, and I thank you for tuning in. Jesus said, I've come to give you life and life more abundantly. And now, without further ado, our host, the man with the God message, Ralph McCauley. Well, good evening, my good brothers and sisters. Uh, whether whether you be here in the local area, whether you be around the world, we want you to know that God loves you and he cares for you. And uh, he has your best interests at hand. We want to bring you a message tonight. I thank you for tuning into the Abundant Now uh, broadcast. And um, we want you to know that God is a God of abundance. And whatever your needs are, God can meet and will meet your needs. All we need to do is call upon him. And if we'll call on him, he'll answer us and meet our every request. I'm going to be reading tonight in the book of Isaiah, in the 53rd chapter. And you'll find these words recorded at the 5th verse, 53 and 5. It says, but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes, we are healed. And um, I just want to use a thought tonight um, uh, that we might look at. And that being entitled, pain is okay. Pain is okay. I know some of y'all don't like any kind of pain. I think most people don't like pain, but um, pain is simply a mechanism that will um, gear us to a, a point of survival. And so when I, when I think about pain, I think about suffering, and that's what uh, Jesus had to endure, suffering uh, to get from point A to point B. We all know someone, perhaps even ourselves, who would like to get from point A to point B, but never gets there because point A uh, and point B, uh, there is potential pain between the two. And um, as I forestated, nobody likes to deal with pain. Pain is something that uh, we tend to avoid if, in fact, we can. By pain, I mean... Something like swallowing one's pride, uh, that's painful, or risking rejection, uh, or giving up a bad habit, risking failure, admitting we are wrong, saying we are sorry, uh, risking embarrassment, uh, forgiving ourselves to be diligent and disciplined, facing ourselves, repenting from wrongdoings, asking directions, getting back up when we fall down or just trying again and again, these are all painful situations. We all tend to avoid pain, uh, even when we know that it might be uh, good for our journey or good for our better end. Uh, we all have known someone who has physical symptoms that might in indicate a serious physical problem. Uh, but who refused uh, to see the doctor in fear that he might learn 
something that would be alarming. And we all know that's ridiculous, but people do that every day. They avoid going to the doctor, avoid hearing uh, maybe a bad report, and uh, they want to avoid uh, maybe the pain that they may have to suffer. But yet avoidance of pain was given to all specimens of living creatures so that they would survive. To be eaten alive or even bitten by a predator would be extremely painful. Uh, so most animals would try to avoid the experience. When a deer flees from a pursuing mountain lion, it is not the loss of blood that the animal fears. Should the mountain lion catch it, it's the fear of pain that stimulates adrenaline and induces flight that they might um, get away from that situation. And uh, life always brings us to a point of um, uh, where we have to experience pain and, and the average person um, avoids pain to the degree that it can hurt them and hinder them. But pain could be a good thing, as I forestated and, and oh, as my opening statement uh, entitled on the message, pain is okay. If a particular specimen couldn't feel pain, they wouldn't try to avoid it. Uh, they would uh, end up maybe in a disastrous uh, situation. So avoidance of pain is a survival mechanism, and, and without it, we would not live very long. But sometimes it backfires on us. Besides physical pain, man can feel emotional pain. And we tend to avoid emotional pain to the same degree as we do physical pain. Unfortunately, there are tons of beneficial things that can that can cause, um, that can come from emotional pain. And that's where it can get tricky. tricky. Um, I remember back in my younger years, uh, uh, certainly um, I'm not young as I used to be, but uh, you know, you, if you keep on living, um, you're going to get older. And um, it's just one of those things, stories told about uh, a group of individuals that love to come to Picturesque Corner. And um, they were there on Picturesque Corner. They had a uh, very pleasant sight of the city. Green grass all around all four corners. And um, uh, two particular groups went to that corner. And one group was a, um, a group of young people. And they were there, and they had their boogie boards, and they had their um, uh, skateboards. Some of them had the uh, uh, boom boxes. Some was over there doing the jig. And uh, so they were on one corner. And then on the other corner, we had a group of elderly people, older people. And some had oxygen tanks they were pulling. Some had canes and walkers, and some were even in wheelchairs. And um, so the two were there on picturesque corner. So one group, the younger people, thought they might stand up and say something encouraging to the old fogies, uh, as the quote came. Um, 
one fellow, a real smart aleck, smart aleck, I guess, said, let's say something to uh, the, the older people over there. And he says, um, say it with me all together now. We don't want to get old. Well, uh, uh, the older people heard that and they kind of got indignant and said the gall and the, the audacity of them to say something like that to us. One older uh, woman stood up out of, her, out of her wheelchair and said, let's say something uh, back to those young folk over there that would encourage their hearts. And she said, all together, say it with me, die young. And uh, I don't know how you feel about it, but uh, if you're going to hang around and be around as you're young and you get a little older, you're going to get some of that same stuff, some of them same decrepancies that the older generation are now faced with. So back when I was 22 years old, I had just started uh, jogging and running. I started running and jogging because I became discouraged with those um uh, we're trying to round up five or six individuals to play a half-court game of basketball. You know how that goes, you know. Everybody want to get their their thing on. And so when those that were to play that particular day didn't show up, and this happened several times, I just started running around the basketball court to get my exertion on. Next, I graduated to the track. Uh, 20, 20 times around the track is five miles, and uh, then a half marathon, which encompasses uh, some pain. And I wanted to run a real marathon, but I, I was reluctant because I knew of the pain. Over the course of time, I began training for the biggie. Through much suffering and agonizing and pain, I worked myself up to running my first marathon at 45 years young. Preparing for a marathon and running one and completing it is more than a notion. Depending upon your training, everyone experiences much difficulty, much stress, and much pain. But as for me, I finished it and was victorious. Uh, and it's said that um, uh, in attempting to run a marathon, most individuals, if they haven't trained well, will hit the wall at mile 18. But if they train well uh, and uh, put the time in and endure the pain and suffering, they will finish and, and make it across the finish line. Uh, but mind you, in all of this, there's much pain. And pain is okay. And so looking a little further... Sometimes uh, going through pain will cause our uh, will, will not cause our destruction of all things, but may be essential in our survival. Take, for instance, the story of Aaron Ralston from Colorado. We all watched the news and was astonished several years ago as the story unfolded. He was going hiking in a remote canyon in the state of Utah. Uh, for the weekend, a huge boulder weighing close to a thousand pounds fell on his arm. Could you imagine? And held him trapped for five days. After three days of being struck, stuck, and uh, after having run out of water 
and after having eaten his last few crumbs in a candy bar wrapper, he decided to amputate his arm. Can you imagine that? Uh, but uh, he made little progress. He started sawing back and forth with a pocket knife to no avail. The knife was so dull that he couldn't even cut hairs on his arm, let alone cut through the bone in his arm. Two days later, he realized he had to do something. He was getting kind of desperate. And um, he said, I got to do something while I'm still coherent. It was the last opportunity he had and still had physical strength to get out of there. Uh, it occurred to him uh, that he could break his arm. First the radius, snapping, snapping it just above the wrist. Uh, he kept twisting his arm, and a few minutes later, the owner bone, bone broke. Uh, the whole process, including setting out bandages and first aid supply, took about an hour. He applied a turn, tourniquet, cut off his lower arm, uh, repelled down a 60-foot cliff, and hiked five miles to a national park in Utah. And... Uh, <laughs> It seemed kind of drastic. I'm not sure how I can handle it, and uh, he said, but I felt pain, and I coped with it. And then I moved on. With uh, this makeshift bandage and tourniquet, he still had to crawl along a 147-foot canyon. Uh, he repelled one arm down the, fa the rock face. After hiking for hours, he met a family who went for medical attention. In Aaron's case, going through the pain is what he had to do to, to survive. Aaron explained, a lot of people think think of it, in, of, of it in terms of, I would never be able to put a blade to my own flesh or my own skin. But having gone through the depths and coming to accept that I could very well die there, uh, I then, I then seeing the light of being able to get out, it didn't even occur to me to dwell on the painful side of the experience. What could all, what we could all learn a lot from Aaron's experience. The truth is, we all could do what Aaron did. The question is, uh, would we decide to do it? Aaron realized that pain should not be a deterrent to getting himself off the mountain and getting on with his life. He did not let the pain stop him. In other words, he realized that pain was okay. Many people are currently in situations quite similar to Aaron uh, Ralston's situation, but they just don't realize it. They want things to be better uh, than they are, but in order to get to get to where they want to be, they will have to go through pain. What uh, they don't realize is that pain, as I said, is okay. I'm uh, always surprised at how quickly some people give up and quit when they ex experience little pain. Uh, we all have known men and women who have suffered painful romantic romantic experiences and because they never wanted to go through that again 
they committed themselves to never uh, to remarry or go to another, go on another date. And therefore, they will never experience the joy that a happy marriage would bring them. Often people are too prideful to say, I'm sorry, even when they know uh, it would open the doors for both of them and their loved ones to be healed. They don't uh, do it because swallowing their pride and admitting that they were wrong or saying I'm sorry would be too painful. Many never try to succeed in realizing their dream in life. Uh, is that you today? Uh, not realizing that you can make uh, your dream happen. But because of fear of failure and fear of rejection uh, in their mind, uh, they have convinced themselves that being told no would be more painful than never, uh, than never asking. Uh, and there, at the end of their life, they themselves still are in the canyon with the boulder continually to hold them fast. I have learned uh, that nothing great in life ever comes without risking and, ex and experiencing some pain. Oh yes, if we could only uh, remember that pain is okay, we need to cope with it and move on. And as we look at what goals we have in life and that we have set for this 2020 period, uh, where we want to go, or where we want to get to, compared to where we are today. I would like to invite you to ask yourself, what is preventing you from going there? What painful experience are you avoiding? What is holding you fast in the canyon uh, you find yourself in? Is it bad habits? Is fear of faith, failure or rejection? Is it pride? The greatest reason many people never reach their dreams is their propensity to avoid emotional pain. We must understand that whatever it is that holds us back, uh -huh, we each have within us what Aaron Ralston had. Uh, we can decide to face it head on, to cope with it, and to move on with our lives. Oh yes, we have get great uh, great things to gain from uh, facing the problem. We can learn what he learned. Pain is okay. And when we face it and decide to go through it, we can open up a wonderful life before us. Oh yes, and this is what uh, the Bible talks about uh, in uh, the sacrifice of your Lord and my Christ. Jesus decided that he was going to do the will of his father. And Isaiah, the eagle-eyed prophet, decided that he was going to pin uh, the suffering of the Savior. He pinned this before Jesus even went to the cross, even before he was uh -huh, uh, involved with a makeshift trial uh, where uh, they tried him. Uh, and uh, they beat him and they uh, caused him to suffer before even going to the cross. And the Bible made it clear that Jesus um, 
was our suffering, suffering Savior. And that particular scripture says that he was wounded for your and my transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was laid upon him. And with his stripes, we are healed. So I'm glad tonight that Jesus decided, even though he had to suffer, even though he had to experience pain, even though he had to give up his life ultimately, uh, in so doing, he gained the world. For the Bible says, uh, for God so loved the world that he, uh, that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but shall have everlasting life. I'm glad tonight that Jesus looked at pain, looked at suffering, looked at death in the eye, and, and in essence said, bring it on. Because I'm dying, I'm suffering, I'm going through this pain for a dying world. And if I die, if I give up my life, praise God, they won't have to give up theirs. The Bible said he was taken from prison and from judgment hall and it declared that who shall declare his generation for he was cut off out of the land of the living for the transgression of my people. And he made his grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death because he had done no violence, neither was there deceit in his mouth. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him for he had put him to grief. Uh, when he had made, uh, when he shall made him his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed and shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. Praise God! So we we thank God that Jesus paid it all, and all to Him we owe. We can look at our situation, we can look at our pain, and know that the abundant God of the heavens. The abundant God of the living, the abundant God of those that would believe and uh, be baptized, they would be saved. So we praise God today for this message. And I want you to know that um, whatever you're dealing with, whatever, whatever is uh, trying you, whatever pain is in your life, I want you to know that it's okay. Because pain, if in fact we look at it head on, if in fact we deal with it head on, if in fact we go through it uh, and, and bear the suffering, it will make us better. I believe it was um, David said, uh, I was young and yet uh, I'm now older and um, my suffering was good for me for it made me to be who I am today. So to you there, wherever you're listening, uh, around the world, I want you to know that Jesus is able uh, and willing to take you through and make you uh, realize that you're able with his help to endure all suffering and all pain, that you might uh, change a generation, that you might be uh, instrumental in pointing someone else to the cross of Christ. We're going to pray and we're going to believe God. 
you there, wherever you're listening, I want you to know that God loves you. And if, in fact, you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, we're going to pray that you can open up your heart and invite him in, first of all. And that uh, if, in fact, you are a Christian, you are born again, and you're uh, maybe faltering on what, what God would have you to do, that God would strengthen you. You would receive the strength of God and that God would encourage you to go further. Father, in the name of Jesus, forgive every uh, person that that's outside of the ark of safety. We ask that you help them to open up their heart. Pray this prayer, Lord Jesus. I ask you to look upon me, forgive me of my sins, my trespasses, come into my heart and save me, make me born again. And Father, as I walk with you, and as I stumble in the way from time to time, help me, O oh God, to realize that your strength is available. If I were but lean on you, trust in the Lord with all my heart. Lean not to my own understanding, but in all my ways acknowledge him. You shall direct my path. I receive your strength. I receive your healing. I re receive your blessing now. And I thank you for it by faith. And I give you praise. And I'm stronger today than I was yesterday. I'm, I'm, I'm not weak, but I'm strong. I'm not uh, uh, poor, but I'm rich. And I can do all things through the Christ that strengthens me. Bless us now and strengthen us now. Encourage every heart. And we thank you for each listener to this Abundant Now broadcast. We pray that you would tune in again next time and receive the, the abundant blessings of God through the Word of God and through this man of God. And we pray it and we believe it done. We thank you for it in the matchless name of Jesus, the Christ. Thank God. Amen and amen. God bless you. Well, good evening, brothers and sisters around the world, wherever you may be, wherever you're listening to this broadcast, I want to again thank you for tuning in to the Abundant Now radio broadcast. You're listening to uh, Brother Ralph McCauley, and um, I'm endeavoring to preach the Word of God, to uh, give you a word of, of, of deliverance and a word of comfort, a word of encouragement, uh, encouraging you to go on in Jesus Christ uh, because Jesus cares for you. He cares for each one of us and it's his uh, um, agenda to bless us, to make us a blessing. God uh, is in the blessing business and he wants us to be blessed that we might be able to bless others and uh, in turn the blessing will just keep rolling round and round. We love you today. God bless you. God be with you. And um, we're going to give you a word. And we're going to pray just before we go into the word of the Lord. Um, that God might bless what we do here. And that his word might fall on good ground. And that that good ground might bring forth fruit up to the, to the upbuilding of his kingdom around the world. Uh, so we're going to pray. We're going to bless you and bless the name of God and his word. Father, we thank you, God, for your greatness. Thank you for your wonderful 
and uh, gracious love that you have bestowed upon your people. We honor you today. You have blessed us with the blessings of heaven. And we ask, oh God, that you bless this word that goes out of my mouth and uh, let it fall on good ground, ground that would bring forth fruit unto the upbuilding of your kingdom everywhere and that men and women, boys and girls around the world might know that there is a savior and that there is a redeemer, that there is a bomb in Gilead, that you're able to sustain us, to bless us, to heal us, to deliver us, and to do those things that are so necessary in our individual lives, making us fruitful in the kingdom of God, that we might be blessed and that we might bless others as we go on our way. We love you today, we're thine today. We say yes to your will and to your way to your way and your special services. Uh, we believe it done. We thank you for it in the matchless name of Jesus Christ. Thank you. Thank God. Amen and amen. Um, uh, my scripture reading tonight is going to be coming uh, from the book of 1 Corinthians 9 and 24. I'm not going to read it. And 2 Timothy 2, uh, 4 and 6. 2 Timothy 4, verses 6-8. And, uh, of course, Paul is writing here, and um, he's encouraging the people of God to go on with God and um, to keep on keeping on, to keep on treading, and um, don't uh, get off the trek, but keep on moving and pursuing and going forward. Um, to the upbuilding of his kingdom everywhere. God is building a kingdom. And uh, he said, I'm going to have a kingdom that shall obey. And so it's my endeavor to be a part of that kingdom and to do those things that he had placed upon my heart. Preaching to you is what he has commanded me to do, to preach the word. I remember years ago, praise God, when I got uh, saved and gave my heart to Jesus uh, in 1976. Yes. And one year later, he called me to preach, 1977. And I've been preaching ever since then. Um, it's no sweat, no strain, uh, nothing hard about what I do because this is what God has called me to do. And so I preach. I declare the word of God. And the Word of God is good, and it's good for your soul, and it's good for your life now, and your life that shall come even on tomorrow. Uh, I want to use a thought from this passage of Scripture, and Paul is telling uh, Timothy to keep on fighting, fight the good fight of faith, and lay hold on the prize, eternal life. And, uh, of course, Paul, when he gets to the end of his journey, he says, I fought a good fight. Yes, and I remembered the faith. Henceforth is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, to which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day. And not to me only, praise God, but to all them that love his appearing. And I want to use this thought, fighting and running, and running and fighting. Or you can say it like this, continuing the run and continuing the fight. Yes, Paul, the 
great apostle, uh, penned lots of uh, letters in the New Testament. Many people think that Paul wrote the majority of the New Testament, but I beg to differ with you. And I like to say that it was Dr. Luke who penned, of course, St. Luke, and then he penned the Acts of the Apostles. So he penned the majority of the New Testament. But Paul here is encouraging Timothy and others to fight on. And when you're talking about fighting, I like to look at uh, individuals doing uh, what we call prize fighting. Now they got this kickbox fighting and all of that stuff in the octagon and everywhere. And folks are engaged in combat. So when you're talking about fighting, you're simply talking about engaging in some type of combat. The word is found in all the periods of the Hebrew history. It occurs in the text of the Hebrew Bible more than 170 times. And uh, that's the Old Testament, the Old Covenant. For all those that are trying to figure out uh, where I'm coming from. But in the New Testament, the word fight gives reference to a striving as in a contest for a prize. Everybody likes prizes and surprises. Oh, yes. And um, But when you fight in the New Testament... It, it, it points towards straining with every nerve and fiber of the body to obtain the objective. Metaphorically, it means to contend perseveringly against all oppositions and temptation. One translation gives the meaning of, of a fighter as a boxer, as we forestated boxing in the ring or in the octagon. And it describes a boxer as a pugnatist, which involves uh, great athletic feats, even to the Olympic Games. But in the new contract or the covenant, uh, the child of God is pointed, directed towards spiritual fighting rather than physical fighting. Ephesians 6 and 10 says, uh, put on the whole arm of God. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but we are wrestling against principalities and powers and against the rulers of darkness of this present world. And so we must uh, be involved with spiritual fighting. Uh, now, looking back in the Old Testament, it refers to the word run as not running, uh, uh, but as to hasten. It's translated Though as the word rouge, to run signifies to move very quickly or to hasten rather than actually run. Abraham uh, moved very fast when he saw the three men, the angels, in uh, while he was standing in the door of his tent. He moved expeditiously. Some of some of us need to be about moving expeditiously. Some folks are dragging around. Some folks are uh, kind of thinking they got all the time in the world to do things. Uh, but we only have the time that God has given us. So we need to move with, 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 with uh, some speed, with some, some vim, vigor, and vitality, if you will. 
Genesis 18 and 2 says Abraham did not run to meet uh, the three men, but he instead moved very quickly. Another picture is witness of how the word run is used in the Old Testament when at the height of the battle, the troops would rush right in headlong into the enemy's camp and finish them off. The Bible shows significance to the term in Joshua, the eighth chapter, and brings great clarity when it states that it was reported that Israel was in ambush against Ai, and they arose quickly out of their places, and they ran as soon as Joshua stretched out his hands, and they entered the city and took it. So we see that uh, to run involves much more than a simple starting line and a finishing line. And uh, the Old Testament brings that out, that running, uh, as they uh, were indicating that they were doing, was not running like uh, we may know it or as the New Testament describes running. But uh, it's showing much physical, uh, much physical exertion towards uh, getting to a point of interest. There are all kinds of fights today. All kinds of movements today. And uh, when you're talking about fighting, I'm looking at the fight that people are putting forth today, the fight for the Me Too movement, and the fight for gay rights and gay marriages and gay pride, uh, the fight against preaching the Word of God, saying that it's hate speech. And the foremost fight today is the fight that Black Lives Matter. Some, some folks try to say that all lives matter. Well, they do, but when you're talking about the injustices that we see against blacks today, I want to let you know that black lives do matter. And uh, it's a great fight. It's a great um, objective to uh, strive towards because uh, we are individuals and we are people. We are the people of God. And not only did God make uh, uh, black men, but he made white men. He made uh, various colors of men. And all lives do matter. But when you're talking about the issues of the day, you're talking about the uh, things that are transpiring that we're dealing with today, the, the fight that says black lives matter means much. So in the New Testament, as a metaphor, the word run means many times it's used for a runner in a race. Our text draws uh, uh, a real connection and parallel between fighting and running. The Apostle Paul gives reference to uh, the word fight or his fight as the good fight. And by engaging therein, it becomes the worthy, the worthwhile, the honorable, and even the noble fight. It's simply the fight of excellence. Uh, in the natural and physical sense, fighting and running are both part of the Olympic uh, or athletic events. And uh, that of excellence pointing us towards the prestigious Olympic Games. In this day and time, fighting directs my attention towards a soldier 
in what he or she may do or a prize fighter. Our nation has four segments of its armed forces. Each segment of the armed forces require a higher classification of skills, aptitude, or even IQ level. Uh, the skill level becomes greater for one over the other because of the material that one needs to retain. Each segment of the armed forces seeks to train and develop its personnel to the highest degree. The best soldier is the one that has been properly trained that he uh, can reach the degree of excellence which allows him or her to be successful as a winner in the battle of the day. I don't know about you, but if I'm in any kind of battle, I want to be, I want to be successful. I want to have the tools to be able to, um, to win. Oh yes, I, 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 um, I don't want to be out there just, you know, kind of spinning my wheels. Um, but uh, we must all agree that Uncle Sam does a fairly decent job in training the, the troops which is probably part of the reason why this country is one of the foremost military forces in the world. Oh yes, another reason is that this country's success points back to its beginning when it supposedly really held God in a more honorable position. I don't want to, like I said, be out there just spinning my wheels, but uh, if I got things right, if I have it right within me, and I have it right with, with, with God, then I can do a better job at what I'm attempting to do. Y'all heard the story about the man that was downtown uh, L.A.? Oh, yes. He was down there, and um, um, he um, thought he uh, would um, do something that uh, maybe others wouldn't do. He was down on the corner of Temple in Los Angeles Street. And he, he was in front of the Times building. And um, he thought with himself, uh, I'm going to do something that's uh, going to draw attention uh, to me and, and and to others. And so the man was down there and had an AK-47. And he was shooting up at the time clock on the Times building. And so, yes, he gathered great attention. And they signaled the, the, the SWAT team to come in. And they thought the best way to go in was to parachute in. And as they parachuted in and um, and caught the man by surprise uh, and wrestled that AK-47 out of his hand, and the, uh, the, the sergeant said, what you doing down here shooting up at the clock on the Times building? And, and the man declared, uh, I just thought I'd do some of what everybody else was doing. You know, everybody is killing time. So I thought I'd do the same, kill some time. Well, brothers and sisters, you don't have to kill time. Time takes care of itself. And so whatever you do, make sure you you got it right. First of all, within you and with God. And you'll have everybody else uh, on the right course with you. But even... Even today, as we look and receive, uh, 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 know that uh, our country has great military training, natural fighters and natural wars and battles do just as much harm as good. 
One might say war stimulates the economy and puts people back to work. But nations are destroyed. Families are torn apart. And even bodies are dismembered, etc., etc., etc. And so there's something about uh, wars and battling. Quote came says, uh, uh, from uh, Benjamin Franklin that said he, he said there never was a good war or was there ever a bad peace. Now the prize fighter enters into his professional lifestyle gearing himself towards a life of discipline and rigorous training. Fighters subjugate themselves to stressful training uh, that they may become winners they might punch the body bag for a couple hours a day. Then next in line, they may move to the speed bag. Yeah, jumping rope is always in order for a prize fighter, along with some shadow boxing and sparring with others and trainers. And becoming a great fighter like Muhammad Ali, Rocky Marciano, and uh, Rocky Balboa, one needs to develop his own personal style and technique. Well, one of Ali's techniques was called the rope dope or the mirage. And y'all know uh, Ali, he said he could float like a butterfly and sting even like a bee. <laughs> Former heavyweight champion Ali was so good that in many instances, he could tell his opponent what round the lights were going out. Now, you know you got to be good for that. Uh-huh, telling a man uh, that you're going up against the fight that uh, your lights, <coughs> or you going to be at the neon light in round four. Told men like Sonny Liston and Floyd Patterson that the knockout punch was coming in the fourth or fifth round. The child of God, I want to say, is just that good. Uh, but many instances, he fails to practice his skill. I like Evangel Holyfield, who was another great prize fighter of our day, because he knew the gift giver. He knew how to use his godly tools. He would praise and enter, uh, pray and enter the ring and, 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 and praise and glorify the living God. Every born-again believer needs to put into practice the discipline of using his spiritual tools to experience continual victory in his individual life. A good fighter will get in, get in their training. They might run 5 to 10 miles daily for endurance. If uh, the natural fighter and runner would engage in this kind of discipline, lifestyle, to compete, at a particular time, how much more should we as children of God be about the lifestyle of discipline uh, for our everyday battles? Somebody don't hear me. Well, this is the discipline life. Out of all the races that may be ran, I like the marathon. And so, why, well, preacher, why do you like the marathon. Well, I like the marathon because it's not a quickie. It's not a sprint. It's not a quarter mile or a half mile. 
but it's the race that symbolizes the Christian life. And that's of endurance. Oh yes, when you're a Christian, you gotta endure some things. Some folk think they're just gonna skip through the tulips. <laughs> no, you're not gonna skip through the tulips. And every day is not gonna be Sunday. And you're not just riding on flowery beds of ease. Uh, but there's some things that you need to do and I need to do if we're going to um, uh, symbolize our lives as a marathon. Uh, all other lifestyles and races and fights are characterized as brief and are of a lower quality. When one enters the marathon of the Christian life, he becomes a fighter and a runner all at the same time. Come on, brother. Uh, the, the physical marathon has runners, it has walkers, it has wheelchair people, and somewhere around mile 18 to 20, it says that for those untrained men and women, they will hit the wall. Well, what do you mean, hit the wall? Well, it's just a metaphor. It means that when uh, you strike out to run a marathon and you haven't trained and put in the time and you haven't endured like you should, uh, it means that you're going to uh, hit the wall. It means that at, when you get to uh, mile 18 and 20, you won't be able to go another further. Oh, yes. It means that it, it's time for you to clock out. There seems to be a great uh, big dilemma with even suicide victims where they have come to the point of no return and nobody is aware of what they're really dealing with. And I know most of us wish we could be there and give them our help, but I guess they feel like they just don't want to live any longer and really want to end it all, and they also hit the wall. But if a runner has trained well and put in the time, uh, he will not hit the wall, but he'll run over the wall. Child of God should demonstrate this kind of continual victory uh, when he puts the rubber to the road. Ecclesiastes 9 and 10 says, The race is not given to the swift, but uh, uh, nor the battle to the strong. But uh, everyone is given the opportunity. Time and chance comes to everybody. Some folks say they don't need. Some folks say they don't need to exercise because they get enough uh, workout on the job. But if you'll check with your local doctor, he'll tell you that everybody needs some extracurricular activity, an outlet. Oh yes where you raise that heart rate from 60 to 80% and sustain it there for 30 minutes or longer, two to three times a week. Oh yeah, three to four times a week. That is really the, the determining factor that says you've exercised uh, yourself or even worked out. They had a play back here a few years ago when I was uh, a member at uh, West Angeles Church. Uh, the play was called Over 40. And the play depicted some of the concerns and thoughts of those falling into uh, this new category. 
everybody gets a little more concerned about life as you get a little older. It's natural. If you're not concerned about life when you pass 40 and get a little older, then you're not with it. You, 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 you're, you're, you're uh, living uh, in denial. Uh, so, brothers, if you uh, and your spouse have passed the magical age of 40 years young and that beautiful woman has changed, oh, Lord, she once was 36, 26, 36, but now she has grown. Now she's 40, 40, and 40. I say to you, brother, don't fret. And sister, if that fine, handsome man, uh, brick house of a man you married, who used to press 100-pound sacks of potatoes, now he looks like a potato. Well, all is not lost. All hope is not gone. Neither one of you, sh of you should start looking uh, towards the other side of the fence because whatever the grass looks like on the other side there, guess what? It needs to be watered and maintenance given also. It needs love and tender care. But what you can do with that current spouse and um, you can go down to the local park and start a good exercise program do a little working out with that partner go to the local uh, gym if you will and uh, do a little walking and running or biking uh, the scripture says that bodily exercise profited little uh-huh um, because much, um, much is profited when you put forth a little effort when you pass 40. It will help you run if you put some effort into it. It will help you fight. Your physical condition, condition will help your spiritual condition. And so I, 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 I can kind of relate to Paul saying that, uh, um, we need to lay a hold on the prize. We shouldn't forget where we're going and forget what our agenda is because God has called us out of darkness and uh, called us into the marvelous light. And uh, because we have the light of God on the inside, um, we're cities that sit upon a hill. And... Um, no use of you saying you you know you love God and you you're a Christian and you're on your way to heaven and uh, not be uh, so mindful of the things that um, concern you the things that are going on in your personal life uh, we need to be ever careful about what we uh, put our hands to do uh, because people are watching us we're cities that sit on the hill where the light of the world, and um, I don't care what you say about it or how you feel about it, somebody is watching you. And so if we're going to be the examples that um, Jesus wants us to be, then we must keep on running and we must keep on fighting. Fight the good fight. Fight 
the fight that uh, will carry us into the kingdom. Fight the fight that uh, uh, Jesus fought. He fought and won the victory on Calvary. So we don't have to fight for victory. We're fighting from victory. And because he has gotten us the victory, all we have to do is maintain every time that devil brings his head up and every time, amen, a situation comes into our hearts and lives that uh, we need to uh, persevere against, we can do it. Know that we can do it because God has given us uh, to be exceedingly abundantly above all things that come in our way. He has blessed us and will bless us with all of the greatness. He's given us power to tread upon serpents and scorpions. He's given us the power to tread upon all the powers of the enemy. And nothing shall by any means hurt us. And so I want to encourage you today that you should keep on running and keep on fighting. Run until the end. I don't care what you say. I'm running up the king's highway. And I'm encouraged because God is on my side. God is with me. And God has said that I can make it. And I can go through and I can endure all things because Christ strengthened me. And I want you to know today that God is on your side and he's with you. And he will bring you through. Well, my brothers and sisters, I don't want to get too far off into this, but uh, nevertheless, that is the word for you today, that you should keep on running and keep on fighting, keep on enduring and fighting the good fight, uh-huh, because there's a prize for you, there's a reward for all that you endured, and it's in the hand of Jesus, and we must make it to the other side, and we can make it, because God has declared that we are his sons and his daughters, and uh, we're going to make it to the other side. Well, God bless you, my friends. Thank you for joining me, and I want to say to you again that you've been listening to the Abundant Now radio broadcast, and I want you to know you have the abundant life, and um, Jesus declared that uh, we have all that we need to have. And all we got to do is depend on him, trust in the Lord with all of our heart, lean not to our own understanding and all of our ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy path. And uh, we're going to pray and bring it all to a close. I want you to know that God cares for you, God loves you, and God has uh, great things in store for you. Um, and uh, he wants to bless you in a great and tremendous way. Let us pray. Father, we thank you, God, for this word. Thank you for this truth. Thank you for this, thy people, O oh God, that are hearing us near and far. We pray, O oh God, that you would touch them in a special way. Let your word reign in their heart, that they, O oh God, might be big in thee, that the faith of God might arise, and that, O oh God, they might see uh, as they've never seen before, that they might run as they never have run before, that they might fight on, and uh, that they might see the victory in every aspect of their life, because they have fight, fought with you in their hearts and in their minds, knowing, oh God, that you're with them, and you made us more than conquerors, through Jesus Christ that loves us so. 
We love you today. We're thine today. We honor you, God, and we praise you for the asking. Bless everyone under the sound of my voice. I, I speak miracles. I speak signs and wonders to those, oh God, that are in need. Oh God, somebody's hurting today. Somebody's broken in spirit. Somebody, oh God, wants to commit suicide. And we break that in the name of Jesus. We break it off of them. And we declare the blessings of God that be rich that had no sorrow. And we just declare it in the name of Jesus. And I pray that you pray this prayer with me. Father, I am a sinner. And I ask you, Jesus, to come into my heart to, to deliver me and save me and set me free. Make me born again that I might be able to run the race, uh, the marathon of the Christian life, um, giving you glory in every step that I take, giving you glory in every mile that I accomplish, giving you glory in every uh, uh, phase of the race. Bless us now, we pray. Bless me now. And uh, we just declare it and thank you for it by faith. In Jesus' name we pray. Thank God. Amen. Amen. Again, I'm Ralph McCauley. And uh, if you so have a need that you'd like to share with me, you can write me. I'm at Ralph underscore McCauley at Yahoo. Write me. I'll write you back. Uh, you have a cash app. You'd like to donate into our ministry. Certainly you can do so. Um, email it to us and uh, we'll um, uh, be so appreciative of what you do. Uh, and uh, we'll share with others what you have shared with us. Bless us now, we pray, Jesus. And all we do and all we say, we thank you for by faith. In Jesus' name, thank God, amen and amen. Until next time, my brothers and sisters around the world, the Lord bless you real good, and may heaven smile upon you. Bye-bye. Well, good evening, brothers and sisters around the world, wherever you may be, wherever you're listening to this broadcast, I want to again thank you for tuning in to the Abundant Now radio broadcast. You're listening to um, Brother Ralph McCauley, and um, I'm endeavoring to preach the Word of God, to uh, give you a word of, of, of deliverance and a word of comfort, a word of encouragement, uh, encouraging you to go on in Jesus Christ uh, because Jesus cares for you. He cares for each one of us and it's his uh, um, agenda to bless us, to make us a blessing. God uh, is in the blessing business and he wants us to be blessed that we might be able to bless others and uh, in turn the blessing will just keep rolling round and round. We love you today. God bless you. God be with you. And um, we're going to give you a word. And we're going to pray just before we go into the word of the Lord. Um, that God might bless what we do here. And that his word might fall on good ground. And that that good ground might bring forth fruit up to the, to the upbuilding of his kingdom around the world. Uh, so we're going to pray. We're going to bless you and bless the name of God and his word. Father, we thank you, God, for your greatness. Thank you for your wonderful and uh, gracious love that you have bestowed upon your people. 
We honor you today. You have blessed us with the blessings of heaven. And we ask, O oh God, that you bless this word that goes out of my mouth and uh, let it fall on good ground, ground that would bring forth fruit unto the upbuilding of your kingdom everywhere and that men and women, boys and girls around the world might know that there is a savior and that there is a redeemer, that there is a bomb in Gilead, that you're able to sustain us, to bless us, to heal us, to deliver us, and to do those things that are so necessary in our individual lives, making us fruitful in the kingdom of God that we might be blessed and that we might bless others as we go on our way. We love you today with thine today. We say yes to your will and to your way, to your way and your special services. Uh, we believe it done. We thank you for it in the matchless name of Jesus Christ. Thank you. Thank God. Amen and amen. Um, uh, my scripture reading tonight is going to be coming uh, from the book of 1 Corinthians 9 and 24, I'm not going to read it, and 2 Timothy 2, uh, 4 and 2 Timothy 4, verses 6 to 8, and uh, of course Paul is writing here, and um, he's encouraging the people of God to go on with God, and um, to keep on keeping on, to keep on treading, and um, don't uh, get off the trek, but keep on moving and pursuing and going forward um, to the upbuilding of his kingdom everywhere. God is building a kingdom, and uh, he said, I'm going to have a kingdom that shall obey. And so it's my endeavor to be a part of that kingdom and to do those things that he had placed upon my heart, preaching to you is what he has commanded me to do, to preach the word. I remember years ago, praise God, when I got uh, saved and gave my heart to Jesus uh, in 1976, yes, and one year later he called me to preach, 1977, and I've been preaching ever since then. Um, it's no sweat, no strain, uh, nothing hard about what I do because this is what God has called me to do. And so I preach. I declare the word of God. And the word of God is good. And it's good for your soul. And it's good for your life now and your life that shall come even on tomorrow. Uh, I want to use a thought from this passage of scripture. And Paul is telling uh, Timothy to keep on fighting. Fight the good fight of faith and lay hold on the prize, eternal life. And uh, of course, Paul, when he gets to the end of his journey, he says, I fought a good fight. Yes, and I remember the faith. Henceforth is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, to which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day. And not to me only, praise God, but to all them that love his appearing. And I want to use this thought, fighting and running and running and fighting. Or you can say it like this, continuing to run and continuing to fight. Yes, Paul, the great apostle, uh, penned lots of uh, 
letters in the New Testament. Many people think that Paul wrote the majority of the New Testament, but I beg to differ with you. And I like to say that it was Dr. Luke who penned, of course, St. Luke. And then he penned the Acts of the Apostles. So he penned the majority of the New Testament. But Paul here is encouraging Timothy and others to fight on. And when you're talking about fighting, I like to look at uh, individuals doing uh, what we call prize fighting. Now they got this kickbox fighting and all of that stuff in the octagon and everywhere. And folks are engaged in combat. So when you're talking about fighting, you're simply talking about engaging in some type of combat. The word is found in all the periods of the Hebrew history. It occurs in the text of the Hebrew Bible more than 170 times. And uh, that's the Old Testament, the Old Covenant. For all those that are trying to figure out uh, where I'm coming from. But in the New Testament, the word fight gives reference to a striving as in a contest for a prize. Everybody likes prizes and surprises. Oh, yes. And, um, but when you fight in the New Testament, it, it, it points towards straining with every nerve and fiber of the body to obtain the objective. Metaphorically, it means to contend perseveringly against all oppositions and temptation. One translation gives the meaning of a fighter as a boxer, as we forestated boxing in the ring or in the octagon. And it describes a boxer as a pugnatist, which involves uh, great athletic feats, even to the Olympic Games. But in the new contract or the covenant, uh, the child of God is pointed, directed, towards spiritual fighting rather than physical fighting. Ephesians 6 and 10 says, uh, put on the whole arm of God, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but we are wrestling against principalities and powers and against the rulers of darkness of this present world. And so we must uh, be involved with spiritual fighting. Uh, now, looking back in the Old Testament, it refers to the word run as, not running, uh, uh, but as to hasten. It's translated uh, though as the word rouge. To run signifies to move very quickly or to hasten rather than actually run. Abraham uh, moved very fast when he saw the three men, the angels, in uh, while he was standing in the door of his tent, he moved expeditiously. Some of some of us need to be about moving expeditiously. Some folks are dragging around. Some folks are uh, kind of thinking they got all the time in the world to do things, uh, but we only have the time that God has given us. So we need to move with 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 uh, some speed, with some some vim, vigor, and vitality, if you will. Uh, Genesis 18 and 2 says, Abraham did not run to meet uh, 
uh, the three men, but he instead moved very quickly. Another picture is, is witness of how the word run is used in the Old Testament when at the height of the battle, the troops would rush right in headlong into the enemy's camp and finish them off. The Bible shows significance to the term in Joshua, the eighth chapter, and brings great clarity when it states that it was reported that Israel was in ambush against Ai, and they arose quickly out of their places and they ran as soon as Joshua stretched out his hands and they entered the city and took it. So we see that uh, to run involves much more than a simple starting line and a finishing line. And uh, the Old Testament brings that out, that running, uh, as they uh, were indicating that they were doing, was not uh, running like uh, we may know it or as the New Testament describes running. But uh, it's showing much physical, uh, much physical exertion towards uh, getting to a point of interest. There are all kinds of fights today, all kinds of movements today. And uh, when you're talking about fighting, I'm looking at the fight that people are putting forth today, the fight for the Me Too movement, and the fight for gay rights and gay marriages and gay pride. Uh, the fight against preaching the word of God, saying that it's hate speech. And the foremost fight today is the fight that black lives matter. Some, some folk try to say that all lives matter. Well, they do, but when you're talking about the injustices that we see against blacks today, I want to let you know that black lives do matter. And uh, it's a great fight. It's a great um, objective to uh, strive towards because uh, we are individuals and we are people. We are the people of God. And not only did God make uh, uh, black men, but he made white men. He made uh, various colors of men. And all lives do matter. But when you're talking about the issues of the day, you're talking about the uh, things that are transpiring that we're dealing with today, the, the fight that says black lives matter means much. So in the New Testament, as a metaphor, the word run mean many times is used for a runner in a race. Our text draws uh, a real connection and parallel between fighting and running. The Apostle Paul gives reference to uh, the word fight or his fight as the good fight. And by engaging therein, it becomes the worthy, the worthwhile, the honorable, and even the noble fight. It's simply the fight of excellence. Uh, in the natural and physical sense, fighting and running are both part of the Olympic uh, or athletic events. And uh, that of excellence pointing us towards the prestigious Olympic Games. In this day and time, fighting directs my attention towards a soldier and what he or she may uh, do or a prize fighter. 
Our nation has four segments of its armed forces. Each segment of the armed forces require a higher classification of skills, aptitude, or even IQ level. Uh, the skill level becomes greater for one over the other because of the materials that one needs to retain. Each segment of the armed forces seeks to train and develop its personnel to the highest degree. The best soldier is the one that has been properly trained that he uh, can reach the degree of excellence which allows him or her to be successful as a winner in the battle of the day. I don't know about you, but if I'm in any kind of battle, I want to be, I want to be successful. I want to have the tools to be able to, um, to win. Oh yes, I, 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 um, I don't want to be out there just, you know, kind of spinning my wheels. Um, but uh, we must all agree that Uncle Sam does a fairly decent job in training the, the troops which is probably part of the reason why this country is one of the foremost military forces in the world. Oh yes, another reason is that this country's success points back to its beginning when it supposedly really held God in a more honorable position. I don't want to, like I said, be out there just spinning my wheels, but uh, if I got things right, if I have it right within me, and I have it right with, with, with God, then I can do a better job at what I'm attempting to do. Y'all heard the story about the man that was downtown uh, L.A.? Oh, yes. He was down there, and um, um, he um, thought he uh, would um, do something that uh, maybe others wouldn't do. He was down on the corner of Temple in Los Angeles Street. And he, he was in front of the Times building. And um, he thought with himself, uh, I'm going to do something that's uh, going to draw attention uh, to me and, and and to others. And so the man was down there and had an AK-47. And he was shooting up at the time clock on the Times building. And so, yes, he gathered great attention. And they signaled the, the, the SWAT team to come in. And they thought the best way to go in was to parachute in. And as they parachuted in and um, and caught the man by surprise uh, and wrestled that AK-47 out of his hand, and the, uh, the, the sergeant said, what you doing down here shooting up at the clock on the Times building? And, and the man declared, uh, I just thought I'd do some of what everybody else was doing. You know, everybody is killing time. So I thought I'd do the same, kill some time. Well, brothers and sisters, you don't have to kill time. Time takes care of itself. And so whatever you do, make sure you you got it right. First of all, within you and with God, and you'll have everybody else uh, on the right course with you. But even... Even today, as we look and receive, uh, 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 know that uh, our country has great military training, natural fighters and natural wars and battles do just as much harm as good. One might say war stimulates the economy and puts people back to work, but nations are destroyed. Uh, 
families are torn apart, and even bodies are dismembered, etc., etc., etc. Mm-hmm. And so there's something about uh, wars and battling. A quote came says, uh, from uh, Benjamin Franklin that said he, he said there never was a good war or was there ever a bad peace. Now the prize fighter enters into his professional lifestyle gearing himself towards a life of discipline and rigorous training. Fighters subjugate themselves to stressful training uh, that they might become winners. They might punch the body bag for a couple hours a day. Then next in line, they may move to the speed bag. Yeah, jumping rope is always in order for a prize fighter, along with some shadow boxing and sparring with others and trainers. In becoming a great fighter like Muhammad Ali, Rocky Marciano and uh, Rocky Balboa, one needs to develop his own personal style and technique. Well, one of Ali's techniques was called the rope dope or the mirage. And y'all know uh, Ali, he said he could float like a butterfly and sting even like a bee. <laughs> Former heavyweight Champion Ali was so good that in many instances he could tell his opponent what round the lights were going out. Now you know you got to be good for that. Uh huh. Telling a man uh, that you're going up against the fight that uh, your lights <coughs> are you going to be at the neon light in round four. Told men like Sonny Liston and Floyd Patterson that the knockout punch was coming in the fourth or fifth round. The child of God, I want to say, is just that good. Uh, but many instances, he fails to practice his skill. I like Evangel Holyfield, who was another great prize fighter of our day, because he knew the gift giver. He knew how to use his godly tools. He would praise and enter uh, praying into the ring and, 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 and praise and glorify the living God. Every born-again believer needs to put into practice the discipline of using his spiritual tools to experience continual victory in his individual life. A good fighter will get in, get in their training. They might run 5 to 10 miles daily for endurance. If uh, the natural fighter and runner would engage in this kind of discipline, lifestyle, to compete at a particular time, how much more should we as children of God be about the lifestyle of discipline uh, for our everyday battles? Somebody don't hear me. Well, this is the discipline life. Out of all the races that may be ran, I like the marathon. And so, why, well, preacher, why do you like the marathon? Well, I like the marathon because it's not a quickie. It's not a sprint. It's not a quarter mile or a half mile. But it's the race that symbolizes the Christian life. And that's of endurance. Oh, yes. 
when you're a Christian, you got to endure some things. Some folk think they're just going to skip through the tulips. <laughs> no, you're not going to skip through the tulips. And every day is not going to be Sunday. And you're not just riding on flowery beds of ease. Uh, but there's some things that you need to do and I need to do if we're going to um, uh, symbolize our lives as a marathon. Uh, all other lifestyles and races and fights are characterized as brief and are of a lower quality. When one enters the marathon of the Christian life, he becomes a fighter and a runner all at the same time. Come on, brother. Uh, the, the physical marathon has runners, it has walkers, it has wheelchair people, and somewhere around mile 18 to 20, it says that for those untrained men and women, they will hit the wall. Well, what do you mean, hit the wall? Well, it's just a metaphor. It means that when uh, you strike out to run a marathon and you haven't trained and put in the time and you haven't endured like you should, uh, it means that you're going to uh, hit the wall. It means that at, when you get to uh, mile 18 and 20, you won't be able to go another further. Oh, yes. It means that it, it's time for you to clock out. There seems to be a great uh, big dilemma with even suicide victims where they have come to the point of no return and nobody is aware of what they're really dealing with. And I know most of us wish we could be there and give them our help, but I guess they feel like they just don't want to live any longer and really want to end it all and they also hit the wall. But if a runner has trained well and put in the time, uh, he will not hit the wall, but he'll run over the wall. Child of God should demonstrate this kind of continual victory uh, when he puts the rubber to the road. Ecclesiastes 9 and 10 says, The race is not given to the swift, but uh, uh, nor the battle to the strong. But uh, everyone is given the opportunity. Time and chance comes to everybody. Some folks say they don't need. Some folks say they don't need to exercise because they get enough uh, workout on the job. But if you'll check with your local doctor, he'll tell you that everybody needs some extracurricular activity, an outlet. Oh yes where you raise that heart rate from 60 to 80% and sustain it there for 30 minutes or longer, two to three times a week. Oh yeah, three to four times a week. That is really the, the determining factor that says you've exercised uh, yourself or even worked out. They had a play back here a few years ago when I was uh, a member at uh, West Angeles Church. Uh, the play was called Over 40. And the play depicted some of the concerns and thoughts of those falling into uh, this new category. Everybody gets a little more concerned about life as you get a little older. It's natural. 
if you're not concerned about life when you pass 40 and get a little older, then you're not with it. You, 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 you're, you're, you're uh, living uh, in denial. Uh, so brothers, if you uh, and your spouse have passed the magical age of 40 years young and that beautiful woman has changed, oh Lord, she once was 36, 26, 36, but now she has grown. Now she's 40, 40, and 40. I say to you, brother, don't fret. And sister, if that fine, handsome man, uh, brick house of a man you married, who used to press 100-pound sacks of potatoes, now he looks like a potato, well, all is not lost. All hope is not gone. Neither one of you, sh of you should start looking uh, towards the other side of the fence because whatever the grass looks like on the other side there, guess what? It needs to be watered and maintenance given also. It needs love and tender care. But what you can do with that current spouse and um, you can go down to the local park and start a good exercise program. Do a little working out with that partner. Go to the local uh, gym if you will and uh, do a little walking and running or biking. Uh, the scripture says that bodily exercise profited little. Uh-huh. Uh, because much, um, much is profited when you put forth a little effort when you pass 40. It will help you run if you put some effort into it. It will help you fight. Your physical condition, condition will help your spiritual condition. And so I, 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 I can kind of relate to Paul saying that, uh, um, we need to lay a hold on the prize. We shouldn't forget where we're going and forget what our agenda is because God has called us out of darkness and uh, called us into the marvelous light. And uh, because we have the light of God on the inside, um, we're cities that sit upon a hill. And... Um, no use of you saying you you know you love God and you you're a Christian and you're on your way to heaven, and uh, not be uh, so mindful of the things that um, concern you, the things that are going on in your personal life. Uh, we need to be ever careful about what we uh, put our hands to do, uh, because people are watching us. We're cities that sit on the hill where the light of the world and um, I don't care what you say about it or how you feel about it somebody is watching you and so if we're going to be the examples that um, Jesus wants us to be then we must keep on running and we must keep on fighting fight the good fight fight the fight that uh, will carry us into the kingdom fight the fight that uh, uh, Jesus fought he fought and won the victory on Calvary. 
so we don't have to fight for victory. We're fighting from victory. And because he has gotten us the victory, all we have to do is maintain every time that devil brings his head up and every time, amen, a situation comes into our hearts and lives that uh, we need to uh, persevere against, we can do it. Know that we can do it because God has given us uh, to be exceedingly abundantly above all things that come in our way. He has blessed us and will bless us with all of the greatness. He's given us power to tread upon serpents and scorpions. He's given us the power to tread upon all the powers of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt us. And so I want to encourage you today that you should keep on running and keep on fighting. Run until the end. I don't care what you say. I'm running up the king's highway. And I'm encouraged because God is on my side. God is with me. And God has said that I can make it. And I can go through and I can endure all things because Christ strengthened me. And I want you to know today that God is on your side and he's with you. And he will bring you through. Well, my brothers and sisters, I don't want to get too far off into this, but uh, nevertheless, that is the word for you today, that you should keep on running and keep on fighting, keep on enduring and fighting the good fight, uh-huh, because there's a prize for you, there's a reward for all that you endured, and it's in the hand of Jesus, and we must make it to the other side, and we can make it, because God has declared that we are his sons and his daughters, and uh, we're going to make it to the other side. Well, God bless you, my friends. Thank you for joining me, and I want to say to you again that you've been listening to the Abundant Now radio broadcast, and I want you to know you have the abundant life, and um, Jesus declared that uh, we have all that we need to have. And all we got to do is depend on him, trust in the Lord with all of our heart, lean not to our own understanding and all of our ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy path. And uh, we're going to pray and bring it all to a close. I want you to know that God cares for you, God loves you, and God has uh, great things in store for you. Um, and uh, he wants to bless you in a great and tremendous way. Let us pray. Father, we thank you, God, for this word. Thank you for this truth. Thank you for this, thy people, O oh God, that are hearing us near and far. We pray, O oh God, that you would touch them in a special way. Let your word reign in their heart. That they, O oh God, might be big in thee. That the faith of God might arise. And that, O oh God, they might see uh, as they've never seen before. That they might run as they never have run before, that they might fight on, and uh, that they might see the victory in every aspect of their life, because they have fight, fought with you in their hearts and in their minds, knowing, oh God, that you're with them, and you've made us more than conquerors through Jesus Christ that loves us so. We love you today, we're thine today. We honor you, God, and we praise you for the asking. Bless everyone under the sound of my voice. I, 
I speak miracles. I speak signs and wonders to those, oh God, that are in need. Oh God, somebody's hurting today. Somebody's broken in spirit. Somebody, oh God, wants to commit suicide. And we break that in the name of Jesus. We break it off of them. And we declare the blessings of God that be rich and have no sorrow. And we just declare it in the name of Jesus. And I pray that you pray this prayer with me. Father, I am a sinner. And I ask you, Jesus, to come into my heart to, to deliver me and save me and set me free. Make me born again that I might be able to run the race, uh, the marathon of the Christian life, um, giving you glory in every step that I take, giving you glory in every mile that I accomplish, giving you glory in every uh, uh, phase of the race. Bless us now, we pray. Bless me now. And uh, we just declare it and thank you for it by faith. In Jesus' name we pray. Thank God. Amen. Amen. Again, I'm Ralph McCauley. And uh, if you so have a need that you'd like to share with me, you can write me. I'm at Ralph underscore McCauley at Yahoo. Write me. I'll write you back. Uh, you have a cash app. You'd like to donate into our ministry. Certainly you can do so. Um, email it to us and uh, we'll um, uh, be so appreciative of what you do. Uh, and uh, we'll share with others what you have shared with us. Bless us now, we pray, Jesus. And all we do and all we say, we thank you for by faith. In Jesus' name, thank God, amen and amen. Until next time, my brothers and sisters around the world, the Lord bless you real good, and may heaven smile upon you. Bye-bye.